On this week's XJ Talk Show, we introduce the one and only Jeep Mama as a permanent member of the XJ Talk Show family. We hear about the potential of a Jeep pickup in the lineup and what concept vehicles will Jeep be unveiling this year at the Easter Jeep Safari. We got a few voicemails to play. We spread some of that YouTube love and Tammy starts a new product review segment. Josh talks valve cover tech, Tony discusses some engine temp issues, and I cover some armor choices for my JK. All that in an all-new event segment on the next XJ Talk Show. The XJ Talk Show is for entertainment purposes only. Any advice or information provided on this show should be verified by alternative sources prior to making any changes or modifications to your vehicle. We are not experts, just people that enjoy the Jeep hobby and don't mind talking endlessly about it. P.S. We love you. Hey, stud. It's time for the XJ Talk Show. Now, here's my two favorite boys, Tony and Josh. <laughs> Hi-de-ho, neighbor. Well, this is episode 170. We're going to be doing something a little different tonight. We, uh, we're going to make a little announcement or so, aren't we, Josh? Yeah, that's right. Uh, we've been saying for, well, I've been saying for quite a long time now that the XJ Talk Show has always had a third seat open for, well, just yeah. about anybody that wants to join. And, uh, and well, somebody has joined us. You guys over the last, uh, I'm going to say six or seven weeks or so have heard a new voice here on the show and, uh, and her name is Tammy. She goes by Jeep mama and uh, has a pretty good presence online and is, uh, well, kind of in the, uh, in the first stages of her Jeep life as it were. And, and we've heard a lot about that as well. Well, we've decided to make her a permanent aspect of the show. We've tied her up in the closet and she's not going anywhere. <laughs> Well, I'm sure it wouldn't be the first time, uh, but well, no. Uh, well, no, I get the feeling that there's, uh, there's, uh, lots of times where she's out running around in that Jeep where she needs to be home. Am I right, Tammy? Yes, that's true. <laughs> Taking care of the kids instead of out in the Jeep. Well, it's, uh, it's all, uh, uh, all about the family. And uh, of course, now that you got a Jeep, if there's any emergencies, you'll be able to uh, be on the spot and help them out. So want to thank you very much for joining us. Of course, you've been a contributor here for the last several shows. And uh, uh, I know that uh, uh, Josh isn't easy to put up with. So we decide uh, I'm, I'm just really happy that you're going to join us anyway. Well, I'm very pleased to join you guys. I'm excited and I'm going to love to talk about Wranglers. Yeah, that's uh, and that's a great thing too because uh, we didn't have enough uh, of that uh, Wrangler talk on here, and uh, I've I've said it uh, very often that uh, we need to reach out to the women uh, who might be interested in, in going off road, and of course, all women love Jeep Wranglers. Uh, it, at some point, in some at some level, they love Jeep Wranglers. So uh, this is uh, you're going to be the envy of uh, lots of women out there, I'm sure, and, and not because you're working with us, because you're. <laughs> <laughs> in a Wrangler, going off road and and uh, prissing it up, you know, putting the purple accents on it and the little purple hand uh, stickers for the Jeep right. Wave and well, all the things that you do. And of course, we're going to be uh, hearing more about the things that you're doing with your Jeep. Yeah, and Monday there's going to be some more purple. I'm gonna well, I'm not going to add it Monday, but Monday I'm going to go get something else purple for the Jeep. Oh, that's so, a surprise. Well, we'll have to uh, dive have into to that wait. next week as well. Yeah, nice tease. Nice tease for an upcoming, <laughs> uh, upcoming part of Tune next week's show. Tune in next Thursday. So we've, uh, we've, we've set Tammy up, obviously, with, uh, with the Wrangler Talk segment, as she is a Wrangler owner. And uh, it sounds like, uh, now, Tammy, if, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys are a two-Jeep family, or is this, you're, you're on your second Jeep? I'm on my second Jeep. Um, I started out with a Sahara um, I bought in 2013 and I had no idea I was going to enjoy off-roading and I got bit by the off-roading bug. <laughs> so one day I was up at the 
car dealer and traded in the Sahara for a Rubicon so I could do so you, some more off-roading. So now you've got a JK and, uh, and you've had it for a little while doing some upgrades to it. And obviously there's a learning process with any new vehicle, yes. especially when it comes to vehicle customization, such as upgrades. And, and of course, when we get into things like the mechanical and and, uh, you know, suspension geometry, that whole thing in, involving lift kits and, and armor and the whole nine yards. And obviously there's a, there's a whole other aspect to a learning curve where we talk about uh, wheeling off-road and, and off-road driving. Uh, and that's something that's, uh, that's probably a constant progression for just about anybody unless you do it for a living. Correct. And it's, for me, I have no experience in um, auto mechanics or anything. I mean, like I was under the hood for the first time of my Jeep this week. And I looked at him like, I don't know anything about all this. So everything with my vehicle is a totally new experience. No, it's, uh, it happens to us all. I, you know, I remember uh, my first working on a Jeep and it was actually, it wasn't even mine. It was, it was a buddy's and I was helping him build it up and uh, going through that learning process myself. But, uh, but now Tammy's going to be sharing with us guys, um, some product reviews as well. It's not, not going to be just Wrangler specific. I'm sure we're going to cover many platforms with, uh, with some of those. Some of them may be specific to the JK or, uh, they may cover just about any vehicle out there. Uh, we're also going to hear more about her evolution in, uh, in this Jeep world as she goes through her own uh, growing pains. As it were, we all go through those in, uh, in with our vehicles as we build them up and, uh, and modify them through our Jeep life. So looking forward to, uh, to Tammy's presence here on the show. And, and, uh, and Tammy, you know, thanks in advance. And, and of course, thanks for everything you've already done. You filled in for me very graciously a couple of times uh, and have done the job very well. So uh, thanks again for that. And, and again, looking forward to, uh, to all the future segments uh, here on the XJ yeah, Talk Show. I'm so excited to join you guys. And I look forward to every week when we um, get together and talk about Jeeps. Well, that's important because if you're not having fun, well, then there's, you know, things are going to get really awkward really quick. So I know Tony and I have fun. We're, this is this is a hobby for us, guys. We, we've told you time and time again, Tony and I are just a couple of knuckleheads with microphones and uh, and we enjoy this, uh, enjoy doing this as a hobby and, uh, and bringing the show to you every week is just, uh, well, a little bit of an outlet for us to to uh, maybe placate into our uh, fantasies of being a radio disc jockey back on the air <laughs> in the golden days. Uh, but Bob, no, Uker, we also, yeah. we also love our Jeeps and, and we love talking about them. And, and of course, uh, being able to share with you guys, our own experiences and the technical knowledge that comes with all that, which we will be uh, sharing with you guys throughout the show and throughout the weeks as well, as we always do. Yeah. Some of that uh, technical knowledge you get is, as many of you well know, it's uh, going through the school of hard knocks and uh, that's Tam- right. Tammy's just on the beginning of that. She actually, uh, posted up uh, that picture of uh, her under the hood. And I was, I think the comment I made was, uh Oh, things are getting serious. The hood's up. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. you, were, you were wiring up lights though. Uh, I believe, weren't you? Yeah. My second try at it. My first try, uh, apparently I didn't do such a good job. Oh, well, um, that's a shame. Well, we'll have to hear yeah, more well, about that down the road, but uh, yeah, definitely. It was actually, I'm very pleased. I learned a new, a new, um, skill mm-hmm. and um i went outside my comfort zone and um anyway that's a story for a another show but i'm i'll be excited to tell you all about it another oh, tease. very good another another tease. Tease. Yeah, look, yep yeah i gotta break all these down all so this content <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's uh, let's move on to uh, our uh, our jeep tip here this is steve 4.3 lxj whenever you go wheeling always 
have a full-size spare. It doesn't do you any good to have a little donut or no spare at all if you have a flat tire. So if you go wheeling, make sure you've got a full-size spare someplace on top, in back, on the back, someplace, because oh, yeah. flat tires happen. Yeah, they certainly do. And uh, yeah, I'm going to take uh, take that. I'm going to take that one step further. And for all of you guys who have full case lockers or, you know, lunchbox lockers, uh, you want that full size spare to be the same size. Oh, so if yeah. you're running 33s, you don't want to have a 31 inch spare just because it'll fit in the back. No, because if you're running a locker that's a, a spool or a lunchbox locker, something like that, uh, the difference in wheel size is going to make those axle shafts spin at different rates. And well, you're going to end up grenading your differential, not uh, something that you want to have happen on the trail. You're already having a bad enough day with a flat tire. Best case is you get a lot of chirping and uh, metal debris in the uh, differential as, oh, as, yeah. as the pinion, you know, the ring and pinion wear it out. No, I guess it would actually be, yeah, I guess actually it would be, yeah, I guess it would, it'd be the, everything with gears in there would wear it down. So yeah. yeah, yeah, don't do that. Well, uh, now let's get into the regular show. First week in G. Oh, guys, Jeep may put a pickup into production sometime. Maybe. The word on the street is Jeep <laughs> brand is incredibly popular these days. I would tend to agree, but I would say it's always been popular. They say the brand has a huge following of loyal enthusiasts. Well, you know, we do what we can, but you know what they say? It's a Jeep thing. They also say that these people are likely to buy anything with a badge. Now, wait just a minute. I only partially resemble that remark. Sure, I have a Jeep, and I wear a Jeep beanie sometimes, and I wear Jeep shirts and okay, I even have Jeep socks, but there's a line in the sand. Damn it. I mean, come on. It's not like I'm going to go out and buy a new Cherokee or Renegade. <laughs> yeah, no, that's never going to happen. So the Cherokee or the, uh, rather the recent article posted online says there's one thing many of the Jeep enthusiasts would like to buy. And that's a pickup. No, not one to tow their XJ to the trail with. I'm talking about a Jeep pickup. It looks like we might actually get one one day. Jeep hasn't had a pickup in the mix since the Comanche, which was in production from 1986 to 1992, and for most of us, we know it as the MJ. It was introduced back when the company was still a part of American Motors, which changed in 1987 when AMC was purchased by Chrysler. Comanche didn't fit in quite as well with the Chrysler's plans since it overlapped with the existing Dodge Dakota. That overlap and Comanche's slow sales led to its eventual demise. But all is not lost. According to the Detroit News, Jeep's very own Mike Manley, I know you guys have heard that name on here before a few times, and we'd like to see a pickup join the lineup. That's right. Jeep wants this as much as everybody else. They've even showed off a few concept models like the J12 that you guys might remember being unveiled at the 2012 Easter Jeep Safari in Moab. But things haven't gone a single step further since then. Manley says that although it may have a place in their portfolio, it doesn't yet have a time. Whatever that's supposed to mean. <laughs> Apparently, Jeep has other priorities right now, like trying to save face with these blasphemous renegades and Cherokees. So for the meantime, pickup fans will have to wait a little while longer. And speaking of the Easter Jeep Safari, every year Jeep rolls out at least a few concepts for one of the biggest, if not the biggest, Jeep exclusive event on the planet. This year, Jeep is not going to disappoint. It relied heavily on styling from the brand's 74-year history to develop seven working concept vehicles, including the aforementioned Wrangler-based pickup. That will, will take to the 2015 Easter Jeep Safari in Moab, Utah, here in just a couple of weeks. The safari draws thousands of off-road enthusiasts from all over the U.S. and beyond to the Utah desert each year to run the region's hundreds of miles of trails. Jeep designers have been developing special concept vehicles for the safari each year since, 20, uh, since 2002, drawing extensively from Mopar's performance parts bin. 
Head of the Jeep brand, Mike Manley, says, This is my sign of spring when we get to this time of year, and these guys do crazy things with these vehicles. My whole mood lifts. And who can blame the guy? I mean, you're essentially the biggest VIP at one of the most amazing Jeep events ever put on. I'd be pretty damn happy, too. <laughs> Four of the seven vehicles are Wrangler-based and are likely to make the biggest splash among Jeep enthusiasts. But instead of going over every detail of all these, I thought I'd focus on one that really grabbed my eye and what I think you guys will find to be the most interesting in the bunch as well. With a throwback to the old name badge we haven't seen in quite a while, and yes, they're doing it again. But this time, I think third time's the charm. I present to you, The Chief. A rolling homage to the original Cherokee, built off of a Wrangler Unlimited platform, the Chief is styled both inside and out as a Hawaiian-themed surf vehicle. Not my first choice of motif, but I can look past all that. The exterior features a custom 20-slot razor grille and classic Jeep headlights and tail lamps atop thin chrome bumpers. They even painted, the, painted it in the baby sky blue of the old Chiefs were most commonly found in. This thing looks like a cross between a Kaiser Wagoneer, a Wrangler, and of course you can see the Cherokee Chief influences loud and clear. Designers hid the rear door handles inside the vehicle and left open air sides from the B pillar, pillar rearward. Designers dressed the inside in rosewood trim, complete with a custom-made rosewood tiki transmission shift knob and transfer case shift knob, shift knob, as well as rosewood floorboards mounted in the rear cargo area. Sure, it's a little fancy, and, and some of it's even a little bit gaudy, but again, this is all just for show. Is there a chance we'll actually see this come to production? Eh, probably not, but it's easy to picture this thing being offered in the Jeep lineup in the near future with some more practical changes to make it more market-worthy. If you guys would like to see the entire Jeep concept lineup for the 2015 Jeep Safari, and I highly recommend that you do, head over to autoblog.com. They seem to have the biggest slideshow of these cool rigs. And hey, if you guys are going to Easter Jeep Safari or even know somebody who is, we want to hear from you or them even. Yes, <laughs> we'd like to hear a report about the Easter Jeep Safari, um, how it went for you, and of course, some pictures and all that good stuff. So if you are going, if you're planning on going or you know somebody who is, please get in, in touch with us. I'd like to give a big thanks to Steve, 4.3 LXJ, and John, Prerunner1982, for helping out with tonight's stories. If you guys got something you think that we should report on or you got a response to any one of our stories here on This Week in Jeep, please send an email to newstips at xjtalkshow.com. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of those uh, those messages in with uh, with new tips, and we really appreciate it. Thanks, guys, and uh, I know Josh really appreciates it too. So, absolutely, uh, Josh. After hearing this name time and time again, and I don't know, Tammy, you may may have the same question. Mike Manley, do you think that's a real name, or you think that's just used to sell Jeeps? <laughs> you know, I'm wondering. Yeah, he's just a, fig a figment of their imagination. No, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that that's a real guy. I mean, he, maybe he changed his last name because it used to be, you know, Boyden Decker or something weird. <laughs> you know, I, Dexter, I have yeah. no idea. I literally just pulled that out of the air. So, you know, but Manly is certainly a much more um, interesting, more powerful name, name. You know, certainly, yeah, exactly. certainly a man, it's a very manly name. It's almost like you're reading a book, a novel, and how they name some of the characters like uh, something evil. Uh, some some, uh, you know, somebody went wild in a, th th a thesaurus and looked up a uh, an evil sounding name and they named the character that. Oh, the, the names always kind of throw me off in the in novels. And uh, now, nah, yeah, you know, it's just it's like, that's not a real name. Well, my son's um, second grade teacher was Mrs. Manley, um, so I think oh, of boy. her automatically, and she was definitely not manly. Do you, do you ever would you ever woman. wonder sometimes when these these women marry men and the names are just strange, and you know that yeah. you go there really must Why have been did you love change there. Your name. <laughs> there really must have been love there to <laughs> to go with that name. 
But anyway, so uh, yeah, it, Mike Manley. Every time I hear that, it's it's certainly something that you can remember. It's a uh, oh yeah, almost like the DJs uh, going with uh, character names, popular character names from television, so they don't have to make a name for their, their themselves. It is I'm DJ Michael Hunt, but you can call me Mike. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or Ben uh, Ben Dover, yeah, Ben Dover. <laughs> uh, all righty, well that's enough of that. So let's move along. My name's fucking Audrey Kid, and you're listening to the XJ Talk Show. XJTalk.com is where you go when you're not off-road. And now you can go to XJTalk.com when you're off-road, too. Using your smartphone, install the Tap-A-Talk app, then search for XJ Talk. Take XJ Talk with you wherever you go. Jury duty, dinner with your spouse's parents, even, well... Anywhere you need your XJ Talk fix. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off road. Well, at least it wasn't right after the toilet flushing. Um, coming up on Wrangler Talk, I'm going to talk about how I want to beef up my JK. And I still have many questions. So stick around because um, in a little bit, I'm going to introduce my new product review segment. This is Steve 4.3 LXJ with a quick Jeep tip. This Jeep tip is probably not one that anybody's going to pay attention to, except for maybe myself. But if you can, always cover your tires with flares and things so that you can wheel clean. This is real handy if you ever want to have your wife wheel with you in the mud. Because generally, the girls don't like to get dirty. <laughs> you know, when he said cover, cover your wheels in flares, I was thinking road flares. When That's I, what I'm thinking. I don't know whether he was. <laughs> He's talking about the fender flares. So the, uh, so the mud doesn't I knew, get. I knew where yeah. he was going with I that. I did too. But when he said it, cover your tire and flares. I went, oh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> what is. <Right. laughs> it's going to be very colorful, you know. Yes. <laughs> I'm thinking of some Chinese fireworks. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. Maybe like uh, one of those, uh, uh, what do they call the uh, rocket boost they would put on the uh, the the cargo planes during world war ii it's like uh, j-rod or j-ram J- yeah it is like a it's it's j something uh it's a, yeah, ro- it's a rocket motor assist for for short field takeoffs <laughs> it's something similar to get up and over the rocks you know we do need like an anti-grav system that'd be cheating but you know people think think lockers are cheating too you know it's speaking of cheating on the trail uh I, I saw this one tube frame buggy yeah i got a quick story guys before we go any further i just had to put this out there um and it kind of plays into that whole anti-gravity aspect of things. But I saw this one completely one-off, completely custom uh, tube frame buggy thing. And uh, I mean, it really did not resemble any other vehicle I have ever seen. Um, but it was a two-seater. It was rather large and uh, everything on it was hydraulic with the exception of the, of the engine itself. Um, it didn't have any coil springs. It didn't have any leaf springs. Its suspension was hydraulic rams. That's right. Each corner had a huh. single hydraulic ram with about three feet of travel. I swear, it, this thing was ridiculous, and and he went through some of the most insane terrain uh, I have ever seen. And we're talking like some serious rock crawling here. And and he would always just always keep the body level by adjusting the pressure in the hydraulic ram cylinders on each four corners. And and so he would start to get off camber. He would just push that corner back up push this other corner down and continue on the rocks. It was crazy. It was unlike anything I have ever seen. And I consider it cheating. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it's I was brilliant. Say another magic button. Exactly. It's brilliant. I'm surprised. Uh, I wonder if he's moved forward with that now and he actually has it where it auto levels. So he doesn't have to well, actually think about it. I would think that by now he would have a roof on it because last time I saw him, and I've, I've only seen him twice up in the uh, Tillamook State Forest where I typically wheel. And, uh, and the, each time it was raining and each time he didn't have a roof. Interesting. Well, uh, speaking of something that's interesting, we uh, are going to jump right into uh, this week in Jeep. And is that right? No. No, we we've done already. that. We're, we, we are supposed to introduce ourselves at this point. Right. And, uh, oh, I was in the wrong place on the show notes. <laughs> that's all right. So, the guys, this is, this is the part of the show where Tony and I, and well, now Tammy as well, we're going to introduce ourselves and talk a little bit about XJTalk.com and basically what XJ Talk Show is all about. We are here to talk about all that is Jeep, guys. That's including the Wranglers, including the Cherokees, and, well, maybe we'll even talk about the new Cherokees as well, and maybe some Renegades in there as well. I'm trying to keep it fair and balanced here, people, but uh, nonetheless, guys, every Thursday, 10 p.m. Central, we broadcast it live on YouTube as well as over on xjtalkshow.com. And there is where you guys really want to go because there you guys have a little chat window where you can interact with us and other fans as well live as we do the show. So it's a great way to, uh, to well, give us uh, a little bit of grief when we screw up or uh, join in on the fun that is the chat room there at the XJ Talk Show website. Exactly. And uh, also, too, as we mentioned in the introduction, we've got Tammy here. So we're getting further and further away from the, the, the camera, so to speak, the, the video that's going out because we get it, three people on the screen now. <laughs> so, Josh, do you ever think we'll get, uh, get up to like six or seven people all on the show at the same time? Man, that would be full on Brady Bunch, wouldn't it? A, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. We uh, and we would need a uh, somebody to clean up after us, so that would be We're the person in the middle. Oh, we would need an Alice, wouldn't we? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we'd have to do that whole thing where we look around the the, the boxes. But look yeah, up, over, <laughs> down. So, but like Josh was saying, uh, just a, just a couple of knuckleheads. Uh, Tammy, is it okay if I refer to you as a knucklehead? Uh, actually, some people might call me a dork. <laughs> well, dork is good. I mean, this is like the the, the century. Company. This is like the century of the nerd because there you you know, there's so many nerds. I mean, uh, the Big Bang Theory. You here are a nerd. <laughs> the Big Bang Theory. It's a show about nerds that's doing this gangbusters. So, uh, you know, a dork or a nerd is not such a bad thing, Tammy. But anyway, uh, I was going to say just a couple of knuckleheads, but now we got three knuckleheads. Uh, all trying yeah. to do this thing where nobody's special. We've we've got Jeeps, which makes us special in a way, I guess. And uh, we're just here to to talk to you about these things and maybe entertain, maybe inform, and uh, you know, uh, gosh, spend a little money on some software and uh, uh, got a little recorder and uh, hey, let's we'll put on a show. I know time we could we- be two two knuckleheads and a dork. Uh, oh, we could have our own TV show. Actually, uh, two Ks and a D is better than three Ks, I believe. Well, we have two T's and a J. I don't know if that counts for anything. Oh, but. yeah. Oh, yeah. X, X, uh, and then uh, J, right? Or would it be a W? X, X, W? I was going off of our names. Two T's and a J. T, T, and J. See, I'm thinking X, J. Tony, Tammy, Josh. X, J, X, J, and J. J, K. I'm a J, K. You. Well, you guys know me Now that we got the alphabet down. This is spiraling out of control. 
It's, seriously. <laughs> seriously. Well, guys, uh, you can find me over at xjtalk.com as NW99XJ. And in fact, I am all over the web using NW99XJ as Northwest99XJ because I live in the great state of Oregon and wheel the entire Pacific Northwest. I love it up here, guys. And, uh, and I encourage you to come visit. It is the Honda stealing capital of the world. Ah, you ass. <laughs> And, uh, but, uh, yeah. And of course, I don't know. I don't think I ever mentioned this. Uh, I'm down here in Texas, if you can't tell by my, uh, accent and, uh, lived here all my life. And, uh, just Houston is just, uh, down the road a bit. Uh, I've never lived any further than 50 miles from where I was born. So, wow. uh, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and, uh, I can, I'm not planning on moving unless I get billions of dollars and I might move to another planet or out of space. Uh, but, uh, we'll still do the show. It'll just be a different backdrop, probably a very interesting one. Um, Tony from Mars. That's right. <laughs> and you know, if I could jump like that, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, John Connor from Mars is the reference I'm making. So, and, uh, Tammy's actually out on the East coast. It's actually uh, an hour later for her than what it, what it is here. So she's looking, uh, oh, you're coming up on midnight over there, aren't you, Tammy? Uh, yeah, pretty close. It'll be, um, Friday here before the show's over. That's not so bad. I mean, unless you no. don't have enough sleep for Friday. Well, anyway, let's uh, let's move on to our voicemails. Hey, this is Tony. And this is Josh from the XJ Talk Show. And we want to thank you for calling our 24-7 voice line. Yes, we do. Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast. Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at the beep. Hey, this is uh, Nikki G, and uh, I caught the pre-show, and I noticed you're having some uh, audio video uh-huh. difficulties <laughs> yes. again, and I'm happy to say that it, it wasn't me. I wasn't running <laughs> microwave and the toaster oven at the same time and shut down the interweb like I normally do. I did, however, uh, in trying to improve my TV reception to view my favorite episode of Murder, She Wrote. Uh, stuck a fork in the outlet. I'm not sure if that if that had anything to do with your problems, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's what started the fire. All right, gentlemen, I will uh, chat at you later, and you have a good one. Bye. Oh man, Nikki G <laughs> is starting fires now. I'm up. really nervous. Yeah, he's hilarious. Did you ever see any of those uh, those videos that we had from the mind of Nikki G? The shenanigans he was doing on aboard no, the commercial the commercial oh, yeah. uh, airline. He works at an airport. Uh, the the airplane safety is in his hands. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which airport? So never. I know not to fly in there. Where is he? Yeah. I forget where he is. Is it Indiana? I can't remember where he's where he's uh, located. He probably isn't going to tell us, so we we're always on our toes. Right. <laughs> well, it, it keeps the fi- uh, the uh, air marshals off his trail. So <laughs> anyway, let's get to our uh, our next uh, call, and this one's from XJ Jake, which I believe. Uh, he uh, called in last week, and we couldn't understand him because, uh, you know, the way cell phones work or don't work. Hey, guys, this is XJJ calling again. I'm catching up some on, on some of the older podcasts here, and having Tammy Jeekmom on here is making me think a little bit. I think she's got this figured out. She goes out, she spends thirty five, maybe $40,000 on a vehicle and spends a couple hundred, maybe a thousand dollars to build it up to what she wants it. Well, we're doing exactly the opposite. 
we're out there spending a couple hundred, maybe a couple thousand dollars <laughs> on a vehicle, and then spending thirty-five to forty thousand dollars to make it what she has. Just a little food for thought. Have a good one, guys. See, I saw this actually. Now that I'm listening to it, I remember reading it because I, this comes in through Google Voice. And they do yeah. a a voice to text conversion, and I get an email, which is always spot on. Yeah, it's not it's not perfect yet. It's not quite the twenty first century, so we we don't have exact uh, conversion there. So, but anyway, I was reading this, and I disagree. I mean, I understand where he's going with this, but I disagree because uh, now, at least in my case, I did buy my Jeep brand new. But you can go out there and get a, a perfectly good XJ for a couple of grand, and if you put. Uh, $5,000 into it, you can p- completely change the axles with mm-hmm. lockers, Dana 44s, and I mean, then you got to spend another, let's say, $1,000 on a lift, you know, get some some decent uh, shocks on there, some, uh, uh, Bill, is it Bilstein, Bilstein's? Bilstein, yeah. yeah. You know, get some decent shocks on there, and, you know, other than maybe swap it in the Atlas, which is another, like, what is it, three grand, 3.5 grand? Yeah, I was going to say, you can probably get one for about 2500 so what are we talking about? We're talking about less than uh, ten thousand dollars here. To add. Yeah, that's to that's cut about your the running. top off, and you have to buy a special. No, not top everybody to has to drive around with a, Not everybody is a big show off, Tammy, and we don't have to yeah. all have no top. And yeah, I've got a sunroof, so I'm halfway there. Yeah, well, that bastard go. got a sunroof on his. I thought mine had everything because it was on the showroom floor. It was fully loaded, and I was Does like, your, Do your doors come off? Yeah, they do. You can you can ride with your doors off. Yeah, I mean, but it it doesn't it doesn't come off as easy as they do on the Wrangler, of right. course. Uh, you have to actually work at it. You can't just oh, I think I'll take the doors off today. I think yeah. I'll just take off the top. You know, it's you have to work at it. It's manly stuff. It's Mike manly stuff. But yeah, there uh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean certainly. And I I hear a cease and desist letter getting typed up as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <clears throat> so, uh, I mean, it, it's a lot of fun. You know, we, we are a, well, we're a three Jeep family, but one, one is a TJ, one is an XJ. Of course, the other one's an XJ, but I drive the XJ. My wife drives the TJ and it's, it's a lot of fun, you know, pulling that top off and p- taking the doors off, especially with the tube doors that I got off of uh, Craigslist uh, and uh, popping the mirrors on there. It's, it's, it's a different kind of, uh, it's a different kind of vehicle than what the XJ is. Uh, but at the, by the, at the end of the day, I enjoy driving my XJ every day. And to each his own. We exactly. all, thank God, we're not all the same. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, but I'm just saying that uh, you, you don't have to have a, a JK to go off-road and you don't have to spend $40,000 uh, to be able to go off-road. And uh, that's just pointing that out for, uh, for, for XJ Jake, but I think he was just going for a, a humorous statement there. No, and yeah, I think so too. But that definitely is some good food for thought. I've never really quite looked at it in in that light before. But man, he has a good point. Well, you don't. He's you, he's you do, really smart. <laughs> you do have to have. Uh, I mean, you do have warranty, and you do have all the niceties of new and that new car smell. Uh, what does the new car smell smell like on the on the new Jeeps, uh, Tammy? Is it does it smell like mud, dirt? Same. No, it's the same as you know any other vehicle okay new car smell that's a little disappointing all right let's hear one more from nikki g hey this is nikki g and uh, i have no idea what is up with my phone call quality (laughs) i don't know if it's my phone or my service provider but i'm going to conduct a series of experiments and uh, we'll see if we can pinpoint it Uh, last phone call i made i was sitting on my couch uh tinfoil free 
Oh, no. This phone call, I stripped down to my boxers. And uh, the face you just made is pretty much the same look I got from the Walmart manager. <laughs> All right, guys, I'll uh, catch you later. Have now, a good one. Bye. Now, personally, I think that's animal cruelty to put on boxers and strip down naked and put on a, a pair of boxers. But Or, or maybe, I'm, maybe I'm going too far. Maybe it was one small boxer that he needed. Jeez. <laughs> All right, well, let's get out of here. Now it's some time. Now it's some time. Now it is time for some YouTube love. Well, we've got. Uh, well, we're knocking on the door of a thousand subscribers and uh, just about <laughs> a quarter million views, guys. Keep those subscriptions coming and make sure you're telling a friend. We pick, uh, well, about four names out of our list every week, and these are in no particular order. These are just some of our more recent subscribers uh, that we, well, certainly not very recent, but they're subscribers nonetheless, and we like to give them a little shout-out each and every week. Tony, who's first on our list this week? Uh, Larry Franco. I remember Larry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that name in, in the chat room in a while, but, uh, yeah, definitely a longtime subscriber. Uh, Chase Steffel. Then we have only in a Cherokee. <laughs> I I wonder she, what, oh, that was some, doing only in a Cherokee. That was some quick show note changes, people. After our, yeah. our, our discussion about the JKs, I had to have her say that one. And we have uh, Jose <laughs> Alberto Laponian. I think. Yep. And that rounds out our list, guys. If you have not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, please head over to YouTube.com/xjtalk and subscribe right now. Hey folks, I'm Clyde and this is Tommy from the Pops Boys Horror House. You're listening to the XJ Talk Show with Tony and Josh. Cheers! You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. You know, I wish the Paps Boys would go, oh, that's right, they don't have enough subscribers yet. It, you, I was going to say, I wish they would actually get a, a, a link that wasn't the long numbers and cryptic looking crap, you know, for so we could actually put it up there and just say, hey, go to, you know, Paps Boys, like YouTube.com slash Paps Boys. But they, uh, I think it was Clyde that reminded me, they don't have enough subscribers yet. So you could help some uh, fellow Jeepers out. By going yep. over there and doing a search for the Paps Boys, you, you see them, uh, you saw them on the video. So uh, look for uh, uh, Tommy and Clyde and go over there and subscribe to their channel so these poor guys can actually get a name for, for their channel instead of that goobly gop that nobody. And you know, it's like you're being punished by YouTube. You know, like you're not popular enough to let us get, well, actually, to give us a situation or put you in a situation where you can get more popular because it's easy for people to to, to, to tell what you're, uh, where to go to find you. So all you podcasters out there that are listening to this on your computer, on your MP3 player, your smartphone, head over to YouTube right now. Do a quick search for Paps Boys. You guys are going to find them very easily. Can't miss their videos. And subscribe right now. It's definitely worth it. Those guys put out some oh, awesome hilarious. videos. Yeah. Very informative as well as entertaining. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, got to check them out. Paps Boys over on YouTube. Yeah, the great thing is is that they mix uh, really good how-to videos, and they go through it uh, with, with enough detail so that you have a good idea of how to accomplish the task. Uh, but they, they, do, they do it funny, and I, I swear they must get very drunk doing it because there's a, they're popping uh, 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 beer tops. PBRs. Yes, every every uh, every break, every time there's a little change in the video, it's it's like you know this that we're gonna cut in a beer, and uh, you know they must slide and fall a lot because I see a lot of foam hitting the floor. Hey, it worked. YouTube.com/slash/papsboys. Oh, they got it right now. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. That that was quick. We were just asking people to subscribe, and they subscribed, and they changed Look the at name. That. You it's guys great. did some awesome work. <laughs> YouTube.com slash Paps Boys. Uh, well, Good job, guys. Thanks for looking that up and making me look like an idiot, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the magic of radio right there. It is. Uh, well, it's because we're on now, but we actually release on Monday. So between now and Monday is when that's happened. So I'm going with that. All right. Well, you know, here's something that we haven't uh, had in a long time, and we're bringing it back. It's been sorely missed, and that's uh, product reviews. And yeah. uh, thank to, <laughs> thankfully, uh, Jeep Mama is a lot more popular in her uh, Jeep Mama blog than what we are on this show. So she actually has people, uh, companies saying, hey, would you review my product? So we're going to reap that benefit and uh, get to hear about a review. And uh, what, what are we going to be looking at uh, or listening to tonight, Tammy? Um, well, it's my barricade rock sliders and um, from Extreme Terrain. And my first um, modification was to my bumper. And um, I purchased um, the Trail Force HD bumper from Extreme Terrain. And they saw my blog and they're like, hey, you know, could you um, check out these barricade rock sliders? And actually, the sliders was one of the first things that I really wanted to do on my Sahara Um but everyone was telling me, no, you need to get recovery points done first. Yeah. Um, but looking back, I think if you have a Sahara, um, because uh, the Sport and the Rubicon generally don't come with any side steps. The Sahara came with the side steps. Now you have the side steps, rock sliders, and then you have rock rails. The side step is the plastic stock Jeep side step that's typically on the Saharas. And, um, they're not meant for rock crawling. They're just meant for s- stepping on. And then the rock sliders or the rocker guards, they're the strong um, side rails that help protect you when, um, and your rocker panel and the undercarriage of your Jeep when you're out off-roading. And then the rock rails is a special heavy gauge steel tubing that provides added um, lower body side protection um, when you're off-roading. So my Rubicon came with the Ruby rails. So um, when I had my Sahara, I took off my side steps, which I wish I would have done that in the first place and just ran without anything. Um, Because when I was off-roading, I hit a rock and it pushed up the side step and it, thank goodness, it didn't push up too far into the door, but it cracked the step and it could have damaged my door. So anyway, um, my barricade rock sliders, I... I got them. I took off the side steps um, and I was installing them and they're very, very easy to install. Once you figure out what body mount, body mount bolts are, and I'm sure you all know what they are. Everyone else out there listening knows what they are, but I didn't. So I'm in my garage looking all over underneath the Jeep, like, what the heck? Where are these? Um, so I had to go do a Google search and there they are right there. They were right in front of my face. Um, if they were a snake, they would have bit me, I'm sure. Um, so anyway, they're very easy to put on. Anybody can install them. If I can install them, anybody can install them. So you remove the body bolts, um, and then you take the big washer and you put it in the, um, the mounting case of the sliders and you really need an extra person to help hold it up because it is really heavy. Um, and then you just, you know, mount them up. Now, some people on the internet and these um, install videos, these washers need to be um, 
grinded on the sides. Well, mine didn't. You just take a hammer and, you know, just tap it in and it will go in. Um, and they were just really super easy to put on. And once they were on, it was, it just makes your Jeep look so much more badass. <laughs> and they're, they're very good at protecting um, your doors because uh, when I go out off-roading now, I can hear the rocks just scraping alongside and it, it does nothing to them. Um, anyway, so I'm glad that I put them on. I think they're an awesome accessory to my Jeep. Um, they provide undercarriage protection. And they also double as a convenient step. Um, they're a heavy-duty tubular stainless steel construction. They're also black power-coated. And they're just a real easy bolt-on installation. And they fit pretty much all um, the JKs. Um, they do make them for two doors. They have a three-year limited warranty. Um, and they right now at Extreme Terrain, unfortunately, they're out of stock because they're so popular. And they run about $350. Um, I'm really glad I have them. And if I had to do it all over again, that would be the first purchase I would make for my Jeep. I would have definitely got rid of those sidesteps and put these on. Um, and so then I traded in my Sahara for the Rubicon. And my Rubicon came with the, the Ruby rails, which is just a, the small tubular thing that runs on the bottom of the, of the, the Jeep. And everyone kept telling me, you can't do both. You can't do both. And I'm like, why can't I do both? Um, so I put them on and these sliders work with the Rubicon rails. Most of the sliders do not, but these do. You just have to adjust it a little. And um, so now I have double protection um, on my Rubicon. So I, I would say this is a great purchase and it's a great price. No, you know, I, I was just I agree. doing a, a I was just doing a, a quick search because I'm not familiar with the, the Extreme Terrain product line. So I typed in a quick Google search for barricade rock sliders. And wouldn't you know it, the one, two, three, fourth result and the fifth result and the eighth result are all from JeepMama.com. Yeah. So if you guys blog. do a quick Google search right now for barricade rock sliders, you're going to see Jeep Mama putting her rock sliders on her JK right now. And well, um, I did right learn, because um, yeah. I was like, I'm not going to get these washers in the mount. And my husband's like, just go grab a hammer and pound them in. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no. And he's like, it's not that big a deal. And he went tap, tap, and it went in. So mm -hmm. now I get why you guys use hammers all the time to fix stuff, because, you know, it actually, it worked. Yeah. it's yeah. Uh, You got to get away from that fear of, uh, uh, of tearing something up. And yeah. once you get past that fear, you learn that. Uh, well, it's kind of the, one of the reasons why men have fits. <laughs> it just says the hell with this and you slam it in place and, and you go on about your business. Uh, right. uh and, it, and it, it's funny cause it works out a lot of times and, and sometimes we're surprised and we just act like we meant to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course I meant to put that there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, I was just going to say, yeah, the, the sliders are a great idea. I still maintain that toe points are going to be your first thing that you want to make sure that you get on a Jeep. Uh, whenever you get a new Jeep, you, you definitely need tow, tow points because if you go off-road, or even if you don't, it, uh, you could be on-road and be in a situation where you have to go off-road uh, due to an accident or emergency or whatever, uh, you're going to get stuck. Uh, I, don't, I don't care what kind of vehicle you have, uh, hydraulic rams instead of shocks, you're going to get stuck. 
So toe points is the, the first thing that you want to do. It's probably one of the simplest things to do too. And you don't have to have anything fancy. Uh, if you've got a, a class three, I think uh, hitch, uh, now, mm-hmm. uh, you can get up for 30 bucks. You can, uh, stick one of those, uh, uh, D ring, uh, shackle type things into the receiver, a two inch receiver. And now you can be pulled out from behind, which is probably the best place to, to start with a toe point because, uh, I, I don't know if you guys know it or not, but generally speaking, you got stuck going forward. You don't want to continue going, going forward because it's going to be really hard to pull. You want to go back the way you came. So that's right. Rear toe point first, then front toe, toe point. And uh, you don't have to have two, and Tammy's learned this. She can makes out just fine with one. Did you ever replace your uh, your your missing D ring, Tammy? Um, I do have it. Um, I just haven't put it on yet because, um, well, that's for next week. I was gonna say, don't give it away. I know what it nah. was when you were saying it, so don't give it away. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna cry when that the secrets out. Now I'm horrible at secrets. She's gonna cry whenever uh, the, the, it gets messed up. You watch. So, because uh, I know I would, my, my I got to repaint my uh, my D ring shackles. What what color are yours, Josh? Uh, mine are silver. They, uh, they <laughs> I have not painted them. Josh Manley, he doesn't have time for painting D rings. He's climbing over rocks. You know, painting D rings is like painting your nails. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm of course kidding. I've actually thought about painting mine red. Um, I've thought about having them powder coated. We do a lot of powder coating. Uh, well, we send a lot of stuff out for powder coating at my work. So um, I've been told that I might be able to just kind of toss a couple small things in every now and again, and they can get in on the lot charge. Uh, but I haven't taken advantage of that yet. So uh, and it's, it's not really a high priority for me. So we'll see what happens with all that. But, uh, but no, I, the miners, they're the, you know, Smitty built or I forgot what brand they might even be worn. I can't remember, but they're the, uh, the galvanized steel or, uh, the metal, whatever uh, they, they come unpainted, uh, but they don't, they don't rust. So, and you know, I think we got it time for a quick fireside chat. If we, uh, if we right. keep it, keep it quick. Holy crap! The campsite's getting uh, busy here. We got two people instead of uh, instead of the normal one. Yeah, I said normal one. I wasn't thinking, Josh. Yeah, no, I'm far <laughs> from normal. Do any of you guys know me? You know, I'm, I'm nowhere near normal. No, but uh, what's definitely something else is not normal is uh, is a valve cover leak. And I discovered that uh, that I've got a valve cover leak in my uh, not JK in my XJ, uh, and uh, and it's 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 probably due. I've got two hundred some odd thousand miles on it. It has never been changed, so it's uh, it's probably about that time. Uh, so you know, I've I've been looking at uh, what I can do, what I should do while it's off, and I'm definitely going to be cleaning it up, probably giving it a fresh coat of paint as well. I've seen some other cool stuff about uh, swapping it out for an aluminum one off of a off of an older model uh, and dressing those up as well. Uh, there's definitely some tips for removal uh, when it comes to these uh, these things, guys, because uh, as we all know, the four liter is an inline six. It's a long engine, and part of that engine is uh, right up against the firewall. And it's going to be really hard to get to a couple of those back bolts on your on your valve cover gasket. And so I would recommend if you don't have one already is get yourself a universal joint, at least the, the three eights, three eights uh, style for your socket set. It is going to make things a lot easier, especially when it comes to doing things like a valve cover gasket uh, change or working on the uh, or maybe replacing the uh, the exhaust manifold. Uh, or swapping in some headers, something like that. So uh, well, the other thing also, you can do to give yourself some more room, hang on just a quick sec, Tony, is to loosen up the engine, support it underneath, but with a floor jack and uh, 
and maybe a piece of wood underneath the oil pan or something and allow the engine to drop down a little bit. And, uh, and then they'll give yourself a little bit more room to remove that oil pan. Obviously going way far out of the way to, to give yourself more room to work with. But, you know, if, uh, if you're really fighting it, you don't have a universal joint and you're in a pinch, that would be a good thing to do. If you got a buddy, uh, take the, uh, the hood off. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I've got mine. I've got mine pushed almost all the way back pretty much as far as it'll go. There is a lot of people don't know is there, there is a second la a second little notch for you to put your, uh, your hood. Uh, what is that thing called? Uh, the, the kickstand for the hood. <laughs> yeah. Kickstand. I, I like called. that. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and, and there's a second little notch right almost down by the hinges themselves. So you can push your hood almost completely vertical and oh, wow. uh, and get it to stay there with that second notch. It looks just like the first mm. one. It's about halfway up the uh, uh, up the hood, but it's down right by the hinge. So check that out. If if I'm I think I'm right about this. At least on the 97 pluses, there's one because my daughters use it. They're short, and yep. I, I didn't know it was there. But there's one well up the hood, so that you know there's like barely enough room to get your head in there. Well, it's it's actually more than that. But there's, there's like three a, total. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's because I know about the first one and the second one. I did not know about that third one. I'll now to, you know what I'm going to be doing after the show. I want to go look at mine. <laughs> you know, on the TJ, I noticed that the uh, the hood kickstand, as we're going to call it from from henceforth, fourth, uh, is uh, on the the uh, the hood itself. So I was looking around. I mean, when we first got the TJ, I was looking around for the the hood kickstand, and I couldn't find it. I was like, "What the hell? They didn't. This thing is so utilitarian. They don't even put a hood kickstand in it." And then I looked no. up, and I saw that it was at the the top of the the top of the hood. Is that where yours is, uh, Tammy, or have you found it yet? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the top. Uh, if you if you got a Wrangler, what you should be doing is when you open the hood, is very gently letting it rest up against the, uh, the against the windshield. Yeah. That's pretty much open as far as it's going to get. I can't. Uh, huh. I, don't, I don't think you can get the battery, at least in a TJ. I don't think you can get the battery out uh, with the thing on the, the hood kickstand. I think you have to lean it all the way back to the uh, to the windshield. My wife saw I'll that. I'll have to go look now. Yeah, my wife saw that, and she goes, are you supposed to be doing that? <laughs> <laughs> said, what are you what doing to my Jeep? Jeep? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, yes, dear, it's fine. And uh, actually, I think it was, uh, I, you know, the TJ has a four inch lift and 33 inch tire. So it's pretty tall and I didn't have it uh, all the way out of the garage. So it technically wasn't on the, the windshield. It technically was on the brick of the house. So oh, that's why she was complaining. <laughs> and she goes, should you be, should you be doing that? And I said, yeah, it's fine. As long as I don't move it around I know too what much. I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a professional. I got my hammer here. <laughs> that's right. So, so I don't know what else I'm, I'm, I might uh, I might uh, look into doing a valve job while I have the valve cover off. Look, I, I don't have any big wheeling trips coming up anytime soon. We've had some great weather recently, but uh, but my Jeep needs a lot of work right now. There's a lot of projects that I'm doing to it, so uh, I'm in no rush to to make this happen. Uh, but it will happen now. Whether or not I go, you know, full on and 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 do the valve job, yeah, that's kind of up in the air. But uh, but I'll let you guys know about that nonetheless. I want to know what uh, Tammy's recent experience was with a shift knob. What happened there, Tammy? Well, um, you know, my transfer case shift knob, I um, got a new one. And so I wanted my, um, just my regular shift knob to match it. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I did a video for the transfer case one and it was really difficult to take the, the stock one off. So yeah. I was expecting it to be difficult to take this one off, but it wasn't. And so I'm reading the directions. I got the stock shift knob off and um, it said to put the new one on is to use the original um, screws that the stock shift knob have. 
but the Rubicons, it's just like a snap on one. So there were no screws. And I'm like, oh my God, where, where am I going to get these screws? And I'm like going online looking. And so I, you know, posted up, you know, where do I find these, these screws? And I showed a picture of it. And my husband's like, you need a, it's a set screw. And so I'm like, where do I find a set screw and what size? Well, I learned what a set screw is. It was already Ah. in the shifter knob. You just put it on and you get an Allen wrench and you twist it on. So, you know, every time I do one of these little projects, I, I learn something new. And I'm, for you guys, you probably, this is like, comes natural to you. But for me, it's every, every time I learn something new. So now I know what a set screw is. Well, the thing that throws me off is, is you said uh, use the set, use the screws that's on the the, the factory knob. Right. So then they I, screw I think you the further. Were yeah. Up too. <laughs> Pardon the pun. They screw you further by telling you that, right. and then you know you look and you go, well, I don't have any. So obviously you're gonna well, I can't do this until I get the set screws. And right. those, those bastards should have sent me the set screws. They didn't. Yeah. So right. uh, I wouldn't the feel set bad. Screws were already in there. Yeah, I wouldn't feel bad about it at all. But. Uh, yeah, it's always good to have a little flashlight and look and see because you would you would expect that to come with with set screws. I mean, really, uh, right? And, and it did, but they were already in the shifter knob. Yeah, exactly. So, so uh, well, that's who knew? good. Not me. Yeah. So I thought I would uh, mention here real quick uh, the uh, I've been having uh, an overheating problem on the highway again uh, since the temperatures have risen up to you know sixty seventy degrees here. And uh, real short, what I what I found is, and this is really uh, uh, Matt uh, Sporenberg's idea, if I drive 65 miles an hour, the temperature will go slightly over 210. Now, it's probably in the, the 217, 219 range, so that's significantly higher than the 210. But I can drive 65 miles an hour uh, on, the, on the freeway, and I really don't have any overheating problems. If I drive uh, like I like to, which is aggressively, and fast. Now I'm not weaving in and out, but I do accelerate heavy, uh, on that 4.0, uh, normally. And if I do a lot of heavy acceleration, uh, getting onto the freeway or, or taking off quickly from stoplights, it has a tendency to warm the 4.0 up. The cooling system, uh, gets, gets hot and then getting on the freeway, it just starts moving. That needle just starts moving as I'm uh, providing that additional heat from the, uh, from the 4.0. So Interesting. yeah, yeah, it is. So, uh, but uh, I found that over these last uh, several days when it's been 70, 80 degrees out, if I just take it easy and uh, drive the uh, maybe uh, uh, five, seven miles to the freeway, and then when I get on the freeway, do 65, uh, I'm fine. Uh, I can go all the way home, 65, and it really doesn't doesn't move. So, um, I saw a post today by uh, Dan, 4x4 Podcast Dan, and uh, he was talking about a story in which uh, uh, one of the tires, one of his uh, 35-inch tires on his XJ just came apart while he was deployed over in Iraq and Afghanistan, one of the two. And when he came back, the Jeep had been sitting up for, for seven years, and he went up there to drive it and, and 70 miles an hour down the freeway. One of the tires literally just came apart. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, I, so I immediately contacted him, not to find out how he was or anything like that, uh, how, but you had 35s on there, right, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> was there anything else you had to do to the Jeep? Because, see, with the 456 gears that I have in my Jeep, I think what I need to do is either go to 410s to get the RPMs down a little bit uh, on the highway, or I can go to 35s, and those 456s will put the RPMs in the right range. 
So I might be doing 35s, Josh. Yeah. What are you now? Are you 33s now? Yeah, 33s. Uh, That's a tough one uh, with 35s on an XJ. Now, Tony, I know that you don't wheel. (laughs) No, and on on the highway, it's it won't be a problem at all. But but I do intend to go off road, so uh, it does mean there's going to be several things I have to do before I can do, uh, especially use the locker off road. We're going to have to put a restrictor plate on your Cherokee, Tony. I think that's all it comes down to. <laughs> going to have to have to lighten up that foot a little bit. It's now, all, it's you all know, here's the thing is you go to 35s and you do wheel. You know, there's a chance that things can start breaking because uh, typically, you know, you get into the 35 inch range and uh, well, there's going to be some upgrades that need to happen in order to to, uh, you know, maintain the strength against that kind of rotating mass. Yeah. Um, and the other side of the coin is, well, you keep it with 33s and, and you suffer with this heating issue, but you do really well off-road. Well, no, I can and, I can buy it. You know, the lockers have to go in. Uh, I've mm-hmm. had those lockers for over a year now, so uh, it can be very easily solved by spending about 500 bucks and getting a set of 410 gears. But those those 456s are a lot of fun, but again, again, you put 35s on there, that it's not going to be quite as much fun. It'll I'll be in the 410 range right. uh, of uh, of gearing. 35s. I've always wanted to do 35s. I just didn't want to have all the other additional things. The steering box brace. Uh, oh, the, yeah. You know the uh, what else you got to do? Oh, chrome molly shafts. Uh, I would have to do chrome molly shafts if I'm if I'm locking up front uh, before I took it off road. So there's all kinds of things. I'll probably go through uh, main bearings, uh, wheel bearings uh, faster too. So, uh, I don't know. It's still up in the air, but I'm considering it. I mean, if Dan can do it, damn it, so can I. <laughs> Just trade it in for a Rubicon. That's, it's easier. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, well, and you're learning this, too, because you're going through and, and modifying your Jeep. It's not always about easy. It's about the no. modifications that you can do and, and making the Jeep yours. And I've, I've done a lot of stuff to this Jeep. I'm, I'm very proud of it. And it would be uh, very tempting to go get something new. And it'd be a lot of fun. New is always fun. But, uh. Uh, there's but all the work you put into it now. Yeah. Well, there's something to be said for something that you've you've driven around for so long. Anyway, uh, we we don't want to get too long for this with this, so we're going to wrap this up. All righty. Well, now we're going to get to the uh, the segment everybody loves, which is the uh, Wrangler Talk segment, Tammy. So it's uh, your turn to talk more, which I, I, yeah. I I'm hoping you're I'm enjoying. Just, I'm not getting enough of it. <laughs> so here's tammy uh you know where's jeep mama jeepmama.com with wrangler talk so you know earlier i told you guys about how i traded in my sahara for my rubicon um because Mm -hmm. i was bit by the off-roading bug and um i traded it in because i felt the rubicon was going to suit my needs better for off-roading and maintain my um daily driver status and i usually go off-roading at roush creek in pennsylvania it's a 3,000 square um, or 3,000 acres of easy, intermediate, and difficult trails featuring rocks, bowls, and hills. And I like to do the trails with the rocks on it. And um, when I had my Sahara, there was lots of scraping underneath, which was okay because of the skid plates. Um, and now with my Rubicon, there's still scraping, but not as much. Um, and I want to try the more difficult trails, but I'm a little nervous with my Rubicon because I just don't feel my undercarriage is as protected as I want it to be. And um, I need to keep my Rubicon safe because it is my daily driver. I have to go to soccer practice. I have to go to school, the grocery store, the bank, that sort of thing. Um, 
and I need to keep her protected for as long as I can because, you know, like I said, I just bought her and I, you know, only made a handful of, of payments. So I got underneath and she has the, um, the transfer case is protected and the fuel tank um, has a skid plate. So now I need to figure out how I can um, make her a little more secure underneath. And that's where um, I'm going to start doing some research. And I'm not sure if I should go with aluminum, if I should go with um, steel, because, you know, you got to worry about, you know, how heavy she's going to get. So and my other thing is, like, what do I protect? I have no idea what to protect. So some people suggest the lower control arm mounts, um, the engine and the oil pan, the transmission. Somebody said relocating the steering stabilizer. Um, also something about the exhaust loop on the driver's side. Um, so, you know, I'm putting it out there. What, what do I do? Where, where do I go? Where do I begin? And um, so I was looking to you guys for a little ad advice on what I should do um, to beef up my undercarriage. Well, it sounds like you're off to a pretty good start there covering the bases. I mean, we're talking, you know, engine, oil pan, transmission, um, you know, transfer case, uh, you know, you really, that's, that's the big stuff right there. You know, covering the, uh, the, the lower control arm uh, mounting points on the axles, since you are playing in the rocks, maybe something that you want to con uh, consider. Now, there are a couple of bolt-on uh, options for those. I don't like the bolt-on options myself personally. Um, the, the, the weld on ones all seem to be a lot more beefier and, and offer way more protection and strength personally. Uh, but again, that's going to come down to, uh, you know, personal preference on that, but, uh, you know, really protecting the, the vitals of, of the Jeep is where it comes into, into, you know, where your consideration really wants to be focused on. Uh, and that, that is definitely the oil pan, um, uh, transmission pan and, uh, and of course the transfer case, those three. And typically, those three right there can be covered on the Wranglers with one thing called a belly tuck or, or a mm -hmm. belly pan. And this is a large skid plate that pretty much covers the entire area there and, uh, and works really well for, for guarding all that stuff, but makes servicing um, a little bit more difficult. Now, typically, they will have access to, uh, to the drain plug for the oil pan uh, and you know, holes where things can you know, drain out of and where you can swap the fluids and all that stuff. They don't make it impossible. It's just a little bit more difficult to do that. But you trade vehicle security and, and armament for a little bit more time on your maintenance schedule. So, you know, to me personally, that's a that's a worthwhile trade-off. So, is this something that I could do myself or is it something that I would need to have a shop do? I mean, are, is this well, an easy a full Wrangler belly tuck typically involves clocking the transfer case um, and potentially even moving the engine mount with a one-inch um, engine mount uh, lift on those. I mean, there's there's a, a couple few things that come into consideration. That's what I know of the TJs. Now, the JKs might be a different story, and I don't know the entire product line availability for uh, tummy tuck options on a JK, but it's very <laughs> who's, similar Who's to having the a tummy TJ. tuck, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a tummy tuck too while I'm at it? There's somebody Josh knows that's having a tummy tuck because he said it twice now. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but you know a full full belly pan skid plate. That's that's your search terminology that you'd be looking for okay. if you want to go with the best of the best. Now your other option is going to be um, individual skid plate components, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with 
and those two are plenty strong as well. They don't have quite the wow factor, um, right. but you know, nonetheless, they still work just as good. Yeah, a few people are going to be seeing that uh, that tummy tuck anyway. Uh, the well, except for bikini season. Uh, but uh, personally, I think a, a full skid plate, uh, the uh, the belly pan, is the, the most strongest way to go. Now, uh, I'll disagree a little bit with Josh. I'd say the first and foremost thing that you need to protect is the the critical piece. Now, those other pieces are critical, but not like the the, the transfer case. You want to make mm-hmm. sure you protect that transfer case, especially if you're going over rocks. Uh, now, the transfer case does have, right yeah. now, it um, my fuel tank and the transfer case, transfer case skid plate. Because um, I remember two weeks ago, Josh was saying to um, break out the Jeep sticker, and that can uh, we'll be able to tell you know what um, my Rubicon has, and I have the fuel tank skid plate and the transfer case skid plate, and those are the ones that come off the Jeep, the factory floor, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming you know they're just as good as they're as not the, going to um, be. As good as aftermarket. That's my personal okay. opinion. No, they typically, really won't. the typically the OEM stuff is is stamped metal, it's uh, light. so it's going to okay. be yeah, it's going to be lightweight. It's it's meant to guard you against uh, you know the the rocks that kind of get kicked up, or if you do find yourself off road and and you know there might be a rock in the middle of the trail and you and you don't have quite the proper line, that kind of stuff. But it's not really if you if you like slide off of a rock and full vehicle weight come down on something, it, it they're gonna bend and fold like nobody's business. Whereas the aftermarket stuff, it's all typically made out of steel. Now this you know, the factory stuff is steel as well, but again, it's stamped sheet metal. Right. And they stamp it to get to give it strength, but it's still not very thick. Whereas all the aftermarket stuff is typically three sixteenths to quarter inch steel. Now I don't know. So I should redo or I should do. Well, um, well, I was, I was just going to say, Josh, now, I don't know if you know about the JK stuff. I don't, but that's certainly true for the XJ factory skids. So before you, before you go uh, dumping those skids, which by the way, people will want to buy those things from you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> don't th- yeah, don't throw them away. Craigslist will be your friend for the, for the resell on those. Yeah. yeah. Just about anything you take off of that, you will be able to resell, um, you know, on Craigslist or something, yeah, people, and, you know, people help, love help the, absorb the cost a little bit. Yeah. People love the right. skid plates. At, le- at least that's true on the XJs, but, uh, you do a little research on it before you go b- buying a belly pan. Right. Uh, but uh, I, I suspect that they they did make it uh, very light because they don't want to add too much weight because the EPA wants you know to have a certain amount of uh, MPG yada yada right, yada. Right. So that means that they they didn't make it out of titanium to keep it light and strong. <laughs> so it's probably the stamped metal. But but research it before you buy before you buy anything. Well, and I know I remember reading. Um, God, I can't remember what it was, but it's like the bar that goes under. I can't remember the name of it, but a lot of people said the stock. Um, Is it a cross member? Bends. Pardon? Oh, uh, maybe it's tie rod. Cross no, member? it's 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 a protection thing. It's not a skid plate, but it's maybe it's for the transmission. A tra- I I can't remember the name of it, but anyway, might be the, the transmission stock. cross member. Yeah, cross member is the only thing yes, I can think thank of. Thank you. Um, it's not very strong because it, that's interesting. The rocks will bend it, so they. Yeah, that's the true. folks online suggested replacing that with something more sturdy, or so doesn't maybe the, the skid uh, plates aren't as. Doesn't the belly pan take the the place of a uh, of the cross member? I guess it depends uh, on the design. 
Yeah, it's going to depend on the design. Uh, I was going to say, typically, it will be integrated into it. There'll be a transmission mount integrated into them, uh, or they incorporate with the the uh, the, the transmission uh, factory transmission cross member. Oh, but typically, it. when you're doing when you're doing something like a belly tuck instead of like a belly pan, um, then that gets into into a little bit different story. Is that pulling the uh, the the stuff up a little higher, giving you more yep. more ground clearance? Okay, exactly. So aluminum versus um, steel. Aluminum is going to be a lot more expensive. Yeah, aluminum is going to be more expensive. It's, uh, man, uh, here's the thing. Aluminum is lighter uh, than, than steel. It is strong. Mm-hmm. It may be a strong, it may be stronger than the factory stuff. But again, I, I don't quote me on that. I'm not hundred percent sure on that. But the thing with aluminum is, is it likes to, it, 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 it gouges easy. Yeah. Uh, you're dragging it across rocks. And unless it is, you know, smooth river rock, you know, you're going to end up taking chunks out of it, especially, you know, you okay. go down like the Rubicon or something like that. You get right. into some of that slick rock, which is like the consistency of sandpaper. That stuff grabs onto everything and it's just going to get torn to, you know what? So the steel, albeit a lot heavier, and obviously you have a rust issue regardless of, you know, if it's painted, it's going to get scratched. Those scratches are bare metal. The bare metal will eventually rust. The aluminum doesn't rust. Now, Tammy, I know you're in the salt belt, so aluminum might yeah. be a lot more attractive option for you, just considering the climate that you live in. Right. Because right now, I mean, I went, gosh, how many times have I twice now in the Rubicon? And you look underneath it, and my skid plates are all like scraped and it's all rusted already. Mm hmm. And yeah, the I mean, salt even, even this like winter it- was horrible. Even like aircraft grade aluminum, you know, the, the higher alloys are, are still, even though they're, they're very strong, the stronger aluminum gets, the more brittle it gets. So th- th- that's the thing. Aluminum is a soft metal when, it, you know, all things considered. So it just um, in your case, it might be a worthwhile option. But I, again, you know, when it comes down to purchasing anything for any vehicle, do a lot of research, take a look at what other people are saying. Find out, you know, the people who have owned uh, aluminum tra- or aluminum uh, skid plates and stuff, if they would buy them again. That is the question uh, that you want to be asking and want to be looking for. Okay. Well, Tammy, uh, where can people find you if they want to see more about what you're uh, more detailed of what you're tell- talking to us about here on the XG Talk Show? Um, you can go to www.jeepmama.com. And um, I'm also on YouTube. I'm doing a couple install videos. Um, and it's The Jeep Mama. And if you go to my um, blog, it'll give you all my social media sites. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, the Twitter, as Tony <laughs> says, um, and Tumblr, where I just all of them. Excellent. Well, another great Wrangler Talk segment. Uh, so, Josh, we, we were going to do a little something different, a uh, little additional thing on uh, the XJ Talk Show, where, which is uh, giving you guys some uh, information, more information about, uh, in this case, where to wheel. So what do you got for us tonight, Josh? Yeah, this is another new segment we're introducing to the XJ Talk Show. And I'm, I'm right now kind of a work in progress calling it Wheeling Where. And uh, this is where we talk about what events are coming up in your guys' neck of the woods. Uh, plenty of notice here, off-road junkies, is most of these are a month away or more. So you, you got some time to finish off that winter project, kind of like what I'm doing. Now, April 10th through the 12th, it's the Trucks Gone Wild weekend at Slowpoke Mudboggin Off-Road Park. It's just like Girls Gone Wild, except with trucks. <laughs> but I'm sure there's going to be a few topless Jeeps there having some fun, too. Miles of trails, open bogging, and lots more. All going down in Eastman, Georgia at the Slowpoke Mudboggin Off-Road Park. Hosted by Trucks Gone Wild. For more information, go to trucksgonewild.com. 
April 11th, Getting Started Off-Road Driving Clinic. This is a training clinic in which inexperienced SUV and four-wheel drive owners gain expertise required to safely and confidently negotiate their vehicles off-road. Basically, these guys are going to teach you how to wheel. Two days of instruction, and you don't even have to bring your own vehicle. It's going down Jorman in Gorman, California. Jeez, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Hosted by <laughs> Badlands Off-Road Adventures. For more information on this, go to 4x4training.com. And April 22nd through the 25th, it's the 11th annual Tennessee Mountains Jeep Jamboree. Three full days of off-road adventure. It's going down Oak Ridge in, in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, the Coal Creek OHV Park, also known as Wind Rock Recreation Area which offers some of the best rock crawling opportunities in the entire country. Hosted by Jeep Jamboree USA, so you know this is going to be an awesome event. For more information, go to jeepjamboreeusa.com. And if you guys have some information about an event coming up in your area, I want to know about it. I want to be able to get it on the show and get the word out there. So if your club is doing a show and shine or a cruise in, something like that, maybe you guys have a charity event coming up, please let us know. If you know about a four-wheel parts event going on or some other kind of Jeep Jamboree happening in your neighborhood, if it's a wheeling event, I want to know about it. Please send an email to newstips at xjtalkshow.com or give us a call 24-7 on our voicemail line at 530-675-4102. Well, guys, that's a show. We appreciate you being here with us tonight, as we do uh, every time you're with us. And uh, we also appreciate you downloading all of our shows. Uh, downloads are up, Josh. Oh, and that's uh, great. Uh, yeah, it really is. And I think I would, uh, I, I wanted to put out a quick uh, shout out to uh, Matt over at Bleeping Jeep. Uh, some of you guys may be aware that we've been doing some uh, Bleeping Jeep news segments. Uh, Josh uh, uh, doing the, the lion's share of that for us. And uh, we, uh, we put five of those episodes over there. We didn't see the numbers that we thought we would be seeing. And uh, we wanted to save Matt the embarrassment of saying, you know, guys, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> so, so we did our final uh, Bleeping Jeep News uh, episode this past Wednesday. I know a few people were posting uh, on the YouTube video as far as uh, why, why, why. And that's the, that's the reason. We just felt that it it's a different kind of audience over there. It's a, a very much of a how-to audience and not a entertainment or infotainment, uh, which is kind of what we do here. So uh, thank yeah. you very much, Matt. I really appreciate the opportunity to... Uh, to go over there and talk to your 47,000 plus viewers. Wow. Uh, yeah, 40, he got 47K last time I checked, uh, YouTube subscribers. And uh, I, I believe we got some uh, a few people uh, over here to the show uh, because of it. And there's no telling uh, how many more people may show up uh, by looking at the older videos. But uh, again, hats off, uh, not figuratively, uh, not li literally, but figuratively uh, to Matt. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. That's bleepinjeep.com, guys, or bleep, uh, youtube.com slash bleepinjeep. A lot of good stuff over there, so please, by all means, go check him out and subscribe to his channel as well. Great how-to videos. And we want to make sure that you guys are checking us out all over the place. We're on Twitter, like uh, Tony has said, the Twitter. Uh, we're, of course, on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash xjtalk.page. Stitcher Radio, you can find us at tunein.com. And, of course, iTunes. If you guys are a podcaster, you know somebody who likes podcasts, Turn them on to the show, head them over to iTunes, and make sure you guys are leaving us a review. We'd appreciate those five-star reviews, and leave a comment while you're there as well. Just might read it on the show. Oh, and Tammy, I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you have anything to tease for next week? Um, let's see. Wrangler Talk, I will tell you about my wiring, my lights install, oh, and okay. um, my new skill that I learned. <laughs> and a couple of the difficulties I had wiring my new LED lights. Oh, great. We'll, uh, we'll look forward to that. Anyway, you guys have a great Jeep week.
Night.